This is Crowcasts, the podcast from Crow in the UK, a leading audit, tax, advisory and risk firm with global reach and local expertise. In our podcasts, you will hear from our specialists offering insight and pragmatic advice to businesses of all sizes, professional practices, non-profit organisations, pension funds and private clients. Hello and thank you for joining us for another episode of Crowcasts. This week we are happy to welcome back our Head of Manufacturing and Chairman of the ICAEW's Manufacturing Community, Jonathan Dudley. Thanks for joining us again, Jonathan. Thank you, Jennifer. Thanks. Good morning, everyone. We are also delighted to have with us today Steve Morley, who is the President of the Confederation of British Metal Forming. Thanks for taking the time to be with us today, Steve. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be with you. In today's podcast, we will be discussing the future of manufacturing, looking at some of the biggest impacts over the past six months and looking to the future and seeing what our experts here today think there is in store. Now, we all know that the UK manufacturing sector was already facing significant challenges before the global coronavirus pandemic. And of course, that the impact of Brexit will undoubtedly affect all sectors, but in particular manufacturing. So, Jonathan, coming to you first, almost to set the scene for us, what would you say have been the biggest changes across manufacturing in the past six months due to COVID and the ongoing transition from the EU? Well, what we saw back in March, for a short time, just about every manufacturer shut down for a period of time. And of course, the way our manufacturing industry operates, it doesn't really uh, get going until the OEMs, uh, that's the original equipment manufacturers they serve, uh, the supply chain has to wait for the, them to start up. Uh, and when they did start up, there was a, a period of time where they were uh, utilising stocks. So in the meantime, there was a bit of a cash crisis. So initially there was a bit of a runaround getting hold of cash. And that was uh, what triggered off the uh, government in introducing, uh, let's call it the COVID loan suite, uh, which is addressed by our um, our funding flowchart. Once businesses did get uh, back on track or back working again, I should say, uh, we then focused on, okay, how do you get back to some degree of new normal? Uh, Because clearly the new normal was not like the old normal. And manufacturing, uh, unless people were diversifying and making PPE, which some businesses have done and they've done very well from it, traditional manufacturing, depending on the sector, has gone from anything from naught to 75, 80% capacity. uh, And that kind of is where they're running at the moment. Um, That is fine. But going into the period that we've got Brexit, there was an expectation we'd return to normal by September. I think a lot of people set out their stall to raise funds to get them through to September. I think we now know that the new normal is is going to continue for maybe another six months. So there might be another cash pressure. And now, of course, we've got the added exit. You're not allowed to call it Brexit anymore, I don't think, uh, looming. And uh, people are focusing on that. And we're seeing a lot of interest about uh, preparing for uh, what that's going to bring. So those are real challenges going forward. Now, Steve, you work specifically in metal forming. So um, would you agree with what Jonathan's been saying there? I mean, have you seen or heard from your members regarding the impact on their businesses? 
we have been in regular touch with our members throughout, throughout the crisis. So we actually set up uh, twice uh, weekly meetings back in March with our members and, and bays. Um, we had our ear to the ground. We kind of saw what the coal face of the problem. So we had our finger on the pulse all the way through, negotiating the problems as they came up. And um, a lot of people in business do a great job. But when you come to a crisis, they need support and help, what they can do. So we were instrumental, really, in understanding the job retention scheme, how it worked, and explaining to our members what they had to do. We also became experts on the loan systems, uh, C-bills and B-bills, um, and how they worked and how the companies could access them. And we had some help from Crow and that was just fantastic. Um, and, and we've tried to map the way through, which is effective as a minefield uh, for our members. And so every single one was affected. Um, so they seen a massive drop in volumes, um, some not knowing when it would come back. And as Jonathan rightly said, people plan then for take us like a sea bills line for six months, uh, thinking six months would be enough. And as we know now, it's not enough. So there are concerns going forward that the, the mapping out of the recovery needs to be more sustainable and longer, um, which which is, I don't think it's quite covered in the, in the new winter policy from the government. It's a very difficult time for everybody. Yes, it certainly is. Last year, we actually issued our 2020 Manufacturing Outlook Report. This was a survey that we carried out with people from across the industry, where we wanted to find out what they thought would happen or change in the sector over the next 12 months. Now, of course, we could never have predicted a global pandemic, but the responses identified a number of key needs and opportunities. And in fact, the pandemic has brought the need for change into even sharper focus, some would say. Some of the key issues highlighted were the need for reinvestment to drive efficiency and global competitiveness, as well as the adjustment to greener technologies and products. So, Steve, coming to you, do you think we will see these changes are there any other key issues that the sector needs to address in order to thrive post-pandemic? Um, I think the problem is, Jennifer, we don't know when post-pandemic is. And that's the biggest issue we face. So who can predict how long this is going for? Who can tell us when the vaccine is going to come? So at the moment, people are probably working at between 70 and 80% of the pre-COVID capacity and trying to do a business plan around in volumes, not knowing how long that will last for. Or will they ever recover to pre-COVID? Um, so that's the first issue. Um, the drive for efficiency and the move to to digitisation to be more competitive globally was always there before COVID. I don't think it was fully embraced by enough companies. Um, and I think some of the things that have happened in in the pandemic will help people focus more on issues, i.e. people working from home. It's been relatively successful in some companies. Um, and I think there's a there's a opportunity there, but there's far more to go at what I call the basics than there is in looking at more and more towards the global technologies and the new technologies because people aren't really don't even get the basics right in some cases. So there's a lot more improvements in efficiency and productivity we need to get to um, before we can look at new technologies. 
interesting. I mean, Jonathan, same question. Um, are there any other key issues or ways you think the sector needs to adjust? Well, I certainly don't want to um, repeat what uh, Steve says, but I agree with all of that. Um, but my big concern and, and what I'm trying to work and lobby on uh, quite a lot at the moment is, as I say, a lot of money was raised and advanced to businesses using C-bills, uh, bounce back loans and uh, the large business loan scheme and indeed um, the VAT deferrals. And it's good to know that there's been more time given to pay that back and more time to apply for them. But really all that's doing is filling in the hole that was there created by the coronavirus, if you can imagine. Our manufacturing survey, as you said, said that there was a desperate need for investment, a desperate need for efficiency, as Steve has said. And my concern is, is our industry is now saddled with all of this coronavirus death and therefore the attractiveness for them to take investment or take loans to make the kind of investment to make us more efficient, to make us more digital is more difficult. And the big challenge, I think, going forward will be for businesses to repair their balance sheets to a level where uh, they can take more investment and uh, raise money to take more investment to make us more globally efficient going forward. Now, we mentioned Brexit and the varying predicted impact uh, that that is likely to have. But we also now have to take into account that as of January 1st, we will be moving to the point space system for anyone wanting to live and work in the UK. Now, as I mentioned, we carried out our Manufacturing Outlook Report survey last year and 85% of respondents said they saw employing foreign workers as positive and 81% said they have difficulty in recruiting skilled people due primarily to lack of available skills. How do you think this new points-based system will affect the sector? Coming to you first, Jonathan. Uh, well, uh, if I was being cynical, I would suggest that the impact of uh, the end of furlough and the uh, reduced capacity and sizes will have uh, contributed positively to some of that. I think back in February this year, we were enjoying pretty much full employment in the manufacturing sector. I fear that isn't going to be the case going forward. So to an extent, that will have been solved by uh, the impact of the coronavirus. However, um, it doesn't address the skills issue. Skills are required, essentially. A points-based system presumably would solve that. It remains to be seen how practical that is. But skills remain to be a key factor because if businesses do achieve the finance raising that we are saying that everyone recognises they need to do, that will require different skill sets, new skill sets, new training. You know, if you've been used to using a lathe, it's not the same as using a robot in the simplest of terms. And I do still question whether there will be a shortage at that level. I don't know whether Steve would agree. Well, actually, coming to you uh, now, Steve, I mean, do you see this effect in metal forming and, and your members' businesses? I think th there's going to be a lot of retraining needs to be done. Um, there'll be a lot of skilled people who are going to be out of work. So some of them might have to retrain or reuse their skills in a different industry. And I think there's some more help the government can do there, make UK of 
are lobbying the government really hard to the skills task force which they want to head and they want to drive it through and that's the kind of initiative we need to keep the skilled people within our industry we don't want to lose them and then moving to the point system um it is there is a degree of flexibility in there i've read the criteria and it, it's it can be used to to bring people in at the right level i mean survey 85 percent respondents said um that they needed skilled people and foreign workers to fill that gap i had personal experience with that and and the company I was working for uh, employed a lot of Polish people. And I don't think we would have got through if we had any Polish people come in. So that's how important it is to, to the manufacturing that we get the right skills at the right level. And if they're not available in the UK, um, then we need to be able to get them from elsewhere. So I think with the system, it should have a degree of flexibility to allow industry to bring their people in if needed. We're actually coming to the end of today's podcast. So just um, to summarise then, um, what do you see being key positives uh, when you're looking to the future of the sector? Steve, I'll come to you first. I think we've shown a a lack of durability. So a a lot of durability to get through so far. Um, The government support has been welcome. Uh, They can do more. It's important we get some kind of stimulus into manufacturing to support automotive, but also to get aerospace moving because it's not moving at all at the moment. Um, so I think they're important. I think a trade deal um, with mineral interruption is absolutely key. Uh, you can't have a pandemic and then another crisis caused by a no-deal Brexit. Um, if we can get them in place uh, and smoothly, we can move forward and, and grow from this. I think we need to try and remain positive and keep pushing the government to give more support where it's needed to get us get us back to where we were. And Jonathan, to you as well, what would you say are your key positives when you, you look to the future of the sector? Well, I think our country has a reputation for great innovation and creativity. I'm, I'm a bit of a student of history. And if you look back at recent history and longer term history, um, we have as a country an ability to actually upskill and value sell Um, and what we need to do is to stimulate uh, people in this country to innovate to develop what what we often forget is with the change in power for vehicles uh, coming on board the, the green issues there is an absolute imperative on the global scale uh and the opportunity to be at the forefront of that and I think there is an opportunity coming out of the pandemic to use it as a change catalyst for positive. But as Steve says, it it is going to need a lot of government support. It is going to need government stimulus. Uh, It's going to need people to use their skills uh, and leverage those skills to the maximum. But uh, as a country, we've done it before. As a sector, we've done it before. And I see no reason why 2021 couldn't be made to be a really positive but there's a lot of work to do well there is some great insight there from jonathan and steve today so um we are at an end so i just want to say thank you jonathan for joining us again thank you very much for having me and steve thank you for taking the time to be part of today's podcast thank you very much yeah really enjoyed it and thank you to all of you for tuning in to this latest episode 
Crow will actually be launching our next Manufacturing Outlook survey on Friday the 16th of October. So please do take the time to share with us your thoughts on how you see the industry changing over the next 12 months. We would love to hear from you. You'll be able to download the survey from our website, which is www.crow.co.uk. And you can also look out for it on our social media channels where we will be sharing the link. We really hope you found today's episode informative and please do join us again next week for another Crowcasts. Tune in next time for another episode of Crowcasts. For more information about Crow, our services, industries we advise and insights, visit crow.co.uk. We are an independent member of Crow Global, the eighth largest accounting network in the world. You can connect with us on social media by following Crow UK on LinkedIn or at Crow UK on Twitter.